Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray you are inspired by their teachings. Today we're going to talk a little bit about going the extra mile. In fact, quite often we hear this phrase and it's used in terms of customer service. Like if I go to a department store and they did extra for me. They didn't just do what I asked, but they, they gave a little more. They, they went the extra mile. Same thing can happen at a restaurant where a waitress or a waiter really helps me out a bunch. And we love people that go the extra mile. And I hear people use that phrase and throw it around all the time. And I want to scream out to them, do you know where that comes from? Uh, that has nothing to do with customer service. That's not what, where the phrase originated. Uh, this phrase about going the extra mile originates in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, and the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit about moving from attitudes to actions again, like Pastor David talked to us about last week. One of those actions is the action of giving ourselves for others, of laying our lives down for others. In fact, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, and if someone takes something from you, you give it right back to them. But I'm going to tell you, if you go to court and someone tries to take your coat, Give to them your cloak also. And if someone asks you to walk with them a mile, go with them too. So what does it mean to walk with them a mile? What, what actually happened was for Jews, Jesus is talking to a group of people who are living in a country that is occupied. I mean, I'm carrying uh, the rucksack of one of our army soldiers. And uh, in Rome, though, and in all of their empire, Roman soldiers had the right to ask anyone to carry their stuff, to carry their armor, to carry their swords for a mile. It was heavy equipment. It was a lot of stuff you had to carry, but they could just stop and look at someone and say, hey, take this stuff and carry it with me for a mile. For one of my friends here at church that's serving in our military, if they were to come up and ask me to carry their stuff for a mile, you know I would do it. In fact, I'd probably walk with them a little further. I'd thank them for their service to our country. But if we were occupied by some other country, and if they were to come in here and take us over and someone would come and ask you to carry their stuff, to carry their armor, to carry their guns, say, no way. Jesus is looking at his people and saying, hey, if they ask you to carry that stuff for a mile, go ahead and carry it too. It wasn't a customer service issue. It was an issue of looking like God. It was an issue of living out a life of servanthood for others. See, Jesus is living among us, personifying what he's telling us to do. He's God. He lived with God, but came down to live among us. But it wasn't enough for him to live among us and show us how to live. He showed us how to truly lay our lives down for one another. He went to a cross and died for your sins, for my sins. We sing a song around here uh, that, that talks about that love of God. There's no mountain that's too high. There's no valley that's too low. There's no river or ocean that's too wide that God won't run after us. He loves us that much. The world is looking for that God. Most of them don't know that's what they're looking for, but they're looking for something. God has placed you and me here on this earth to reflect Him, not just in our attitudes, but in our actions. Join me today as we follow Christ, as we listen to His teaching, but as we learn how to reflect the love and life of God. Uh, We're going to take a moment. I'm going to read you one verse. One verse. It's very simple, and we're going to pray. It's Matthew 5, 48, the very last verse of this chapter. Jesus looks at his disciples and says to them, uh, Be perfect. You're to be perfect as your Father in heaven 
is perfect. Would you bow your heads with me? Gracious Father, this is a, this is a heavy verse. <laughs> Jesus looks at the people then and says to them that we're to be perfect like you're perfect. God, you look at us today and say the same thing to us. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to know how to live this out. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come this morning and be here with us. We know that you've promised that you would be here wherever two or three are gathered. So right here in this, in this worship center, God, speak to us. For those that are watching at home, uh, maybe they're sitting around the breakfast table or sitting in the family room or driving, driving along, listening in their car. Father, we pray your Holy Spirit would be right there, that you would speak to us. Lord, we give you permission. You have every right to speak, but Lord, we want to hear you today. All these things we ask and we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Here's what I want you to do before we start. I want you to turn to the person sitting beside you, and I want you to tell them, be perfect. Go ahead. Some of y'all are laughing. Maybe, okay, don't look at the person on your right. Look to the person on your left and tell them, be perfect. And some of you are still laughing. Um, so let me, let me take a minute. Let's look at this word perfect, what it means to be, to be perfect. That's, there's a Greek word. It's a word called telos. Telos doesn't mean perfect the way we tend to think of perfect. We think perfect means something that nothing else can be better than it. it is, it's never going to break down. If I had a perfect car, it would be so efficient, I wouldn't have to put fuel in it, right? It would just reuse and be able to keep going. That would be perfection, right? And so we look at all those kinds of things. That's not what this Greek word uh, per, uh, perfection means. It's the word telos. Telos means this. It's the end. It's its purpose. It finds its meaning. It's, it's being used for what it was meant to be used for. Um, so here I've got all kinds of great army gear and stuff from our military. Um, I was carrying someone's rucksack earlier today. Can we give our military a hand here? Are the men and women serving in our military? I know, I know we're going to celebrate them on Veterans Day, but just, just to, to give a shout out. Imagine, though, with me, imagine if this stuff that was here was not American stuff. Imagine if it was from, and you can think of whichever country you hate the most or like the least, however you want to say that. Uh, imagine it being from there. So I want you to think about that in the context of how we're going to live out this message today. But I want to take this little shovel here. Okay, the shovel, what are shovels made for? Digging. digging, right? Shovels are made for digging. I can tell by the back of this shovel that this shovel has not only been used for digging, it's been used for other things, okay? So is this, is this a perfect shovel? Most of y'all are saying no. I would say right now, this is not a perfect shovel. The reason it is not a perfect shovel is because I'm standing on the platform holding the shovel. Is that what shovels were made for? No, but if I had dirt here and I started digging with the shovel, would this be a perfect shovel? Some of y'all are still going, well, no, it's banged up, it's messed up. What's the purpose of a shovel? We just said a moment ago, for digging. So if I am digging with the shovel, in the biblical sense that we just read, it's perfect. It is being used for what it was created to be used for. So that shovel, when it is being used, is serving its telos. It has become perfect. It is being used for what it was made to do. Sitting up here right now, I'm holding it in my hand. 
not what it was made for. Obviously here on the back, it's been used to pound in some stakes or hammer some nails or do some of those things, right? Not what it was made for, right? That's not its end. Was it, is it useful? Yeah, it is, but that's not what the shovel was made for. Uh, this last weekend, uh, my boys were over the house helping me tear up some subfloors. We were getting ready to make some stuff. And as we were doing so, we used shovels. We used some spades to pull the stuff up. It's not what they were created for, but they weren't. They were useful. So the problem is in our lives, some of us are like a shovel that's being used for something it wasn't created to be like. You and I have an end. You and I have a purpose. We were created for a reason. God's very clear in the book of Genesis, uh, after he creates the heavens and the earth and all the animals and everything else, God says, let us make man in our likeness, in our image. So God created humans, you and me, in his likeness and in his image. So there's a phrase we're gonna say a lot today, okay? We're gonna say this phrase a ton. It's real simple. It's not even gonna be on the screen because I want y'all to say it with me, okay? I'll say it once, then you say it with me. I am created in the image of God. Ready? Can you say that? Okay, ready? One, two, three. I am created in the image of God. You are created in the image of God. So most of us get that. That makes, okay, I'm created in God's image. I don't know what all that means, but I'm created in, in the image of God. I wanna take it a step further though, okay? I'm gonna take it a step further. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you a picture. Here at Grove City Christian School, some of our students have been going through this, this study of something called Imago Dei. Imago Dei is a, is a uh, theological sort of framework for understanding the image of God that, that all humans are created in his likeness and image. And Abby McDonald, one of the students here at Grove City Christian School, drew or however you want to paint it, whatever this is, she did it. I, may, I remember getting an email this week going, oh my goodness, this is phenomenal. Can we give Abby a hand for this? What she's trying to depict here is the image of God. Now, as you look up there, what you'll find is there are men up there and there are women up there. There are people with red hair and people with black hair. There are people with brown skin and there are people with white skin and all the colors in between. Every one of those people was created in the image of God. You were created in the image of God but so is everyone who looks different like you, different than you, excuse me. They were created in the, image, in the image of God. So what does it mean for us to live in the image of God? And you see these, these hands that are forming a heart. God loves you. God cares for you, but God also loves and cares for those who you don't love and care for. So I want you right now to picture in your head, I've talked about, I've talked about armies occupying countries and imagine imagine the country that you like the least and them occupying us picture that that person that you had in your head a soldier from that country picture maybe it's not even a soldier it's a that person you don't like maybe it's somebody at work <laughs> that you like least than a terrorist maybe it's somebody of another political party because you all know whichever party you're not a part of um, that party, that other party is of Satan, right? We know that. It's the way it works. I want you to picture that person. And I want you to hear me say this. That person was created in the image of God. We have all been created in the image of God. 
Now, some of us have distorted that image. We've done some things different. We've, we've made ourselves live lives that don't look like God and reflect God. But wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if God said, hey, I'm gonna create you to be like me and then I'm gonna tell you what I look like so that you can begin to live that out and you can begin to fulfill the purpose for which you, you were created, your telos. You can become perfect. Just like when that shovel's digging, it becomes perfect. You can be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. Would that be awesome if we could learn what that looked like? Some of y'all are going, I don't, this is a trap. I don't want, I can tell you're saying, don't, I'm not gonna shake my head. I'm not gonna shake my head. We're gonna take a little delve into uh, Matthew chapter five today. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, we're gonna go a few verses prior um, to what where we started at Matthew 5, 48 there. And so I'm gonna read to you verses 33 uh, on down through verse 37 right now. Jesus says this, while he's on the Sermon on the Mount, remember, he's just told us the Beatitudes. He's told us these attitudes that we should have that look like God. He's begun to talk to us last week about our actions. Pastor David mentioned that from our attitudes, our actions flow. And so we wanna make sure that we have the heart of Christ. We have the heart of God and we let that flow out of us. I'm gonna say, once we let that flow out of us, our actions begin to look like God. We begin to reflect him in what we do. So he says, here's what you should do. You've heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows that you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because it's heaven is God's throne. Do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say by my head, for you can't turn one of the hairs on your head white or black. Just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond that is from the evil one. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? It's a little out there. Imagine living in a world where if somebody said something, you knew that it was true. Wouldn't that be a crazy world? That if somebody spoke, you'd know, I know that person. They speak the truth. Some of you have heard me tell stories. This was, honesty was a huge huge thing growing up in the family that I grew up in. Um, we paid our debts because for my father, if I told you I will pay you back and took a loan, then I was gonna pay you back because I had given my word. Now, because of the honesty of my uncles and my father, I, I began to reap the benefits of that. Growing up in the town I grew in, I could go in places, do things, and if people recognized me, um, as a Benson, like some of them didn't even know me, but they said, you look like your uncles and you look like your dad. And I tell my boys all the time, I am sorry. People tell my boys, you look just like your father. And I look at him and say, I'm sorry. This is what you have to look forward to. Um, this is what's gonna go on, right? But the good part about it was because I looked like my family, people knew that when my family said something, it was gonna happen. It was true. Imagine if we lived in a world that way, where the people that we talked to, we knew we could believe what they said. Imagine if we could watch a political debate. <laughs> and after, after the political debate, they didn't need the truth meters. Have you seen these? Pop the truth meter up there. This has been awesome. I like watching reports where they go and they fact check what was spoken about in the debate. And you have, you have here, the first one says true. What they said was true. 
The next one, what they said was mostly true. They messed up a bit. They kind of fudged a bit. They exaggerated or they didn't have all the facts correct. Or it was, it was half true. It was half true. Part of it was true. Part of it wasn't true. And then they have to tell you, the media does, which part was true and which part wasn't true. Or this was mostly false. They got a grain of truth in there, but sprinkled it with all kinds of other stuff, right? And then the next one is false. And the last one is my favorite one, pants on fire. Right, liar, liar, pants on fire, right? There was no truth in there at all. And so I, was, I remember reading some of these things after the debates and thinking, how sad is this? As I'm listening, I don't know that what they're saying at the time is really totally true or not. The funny thing for me is as I read back through the articles and the people that are telling me what's mostly true and mostly false, I don't know that I trust the people that are telling me what's mostly true and mostly false. You've got to dig down even deeper than that. Imagine living in a world where you can't tell if what people saying are, is true or not. Oh, we don't have to imagine that, do we? It's the world we live in. Jesus looks at us and says, if you want to look like your father in heaven, speak truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the father except by me. If we are to be who God has called us to be, of all people, those of us that are Christians called by his name, the words that we speak should be true. Yeah. Okay, two people said amen. All right, that's great news. The rest of us are going, uh, what about at work? Do I have to do that at work? I can tell the whole truth. Well, what about like in court, you put your hand on the Bible, right? And then, then, if, then if you do it. Or how do people, well, here's how people know that I'm telling the truth. Like, I may tease around doing it, but if I say, I swear I'm telling the truth. I'm going, oh, you swore. Okay, now I know. I trust you now. You're telling the truth because you swore. I get it. Right? One of my favorite movies, there's a scene where the Dread Pirate Roberts is climbing this cliff. And um, they, they called, cut this rope and falls down and he's still hanging on. Inconceivable, right? Um, but it happens. And so uh, Vincent leaves this guy, Indigo, to kill the Dread Pirates Roberts. And he said, well, I'm going to kill him sword fighting, but I'm going to fight him left-handed, all this crazy stuff. So he looks down and he tells the Dread Pirate Roberts as he's trying to climb up, can you hurry up because I've got someplace to go. Um, and, and the Dread Pirate Roberts says, well, you could help me. And he said, well, I, I would offer my help, but I don't think you'll accept my help because, you see, I'm only, I'm only going to kill you once we get to the top. Well, that does put a damper on the relationship, right? And he said, well, is there anything, is there anything I could do that would make you trust me? He said, nothing comes to mind. So Indigo says, I could give you my word as a Spaniard. <laughs> nope, that's not going to work. I could, he gave him names and nothing. He finally looks at me and says, I swear to you, on the grave of my father, Domingo Montoya, you will reach the top, reach the top alive. That's how quiet it got. People were like, wow, that, he swore on the grave of his father. And then sure enough, the Dread Pirate Robert says, okay, I trust you. The guy's gonna kill him. And because he swore on the grave of his father, you're gonna believe him. It's a joke. The whole thing is a joke. Yet we live that way. We walk around, I swear to you, I, I'll swear on a stack of Bibles. Why a stack of Bibles? One's not good enough. It's like lots of worse. It's going to be way bad if I do it on a stack of Bibles. 
but it's like the triple dog dare you or something. You know, if I swear on a stack of Bibles, then you'll have to believe me. What if we lived in such a way where you spoke something, people knew it was true? Jesus said, how about we live in that kind of world? If you're gonna look like God, begin to speak like that. In, the, in, in Matthew 5, 48, in the King James Version, and I think in the NIV, it says, therefore, you're to be perfect like your Father in heaven is perfect. We're looking at this passage because when I was, I was taught, this is something very deep they teach you in seminary. When you're reading through English Bibles, if you find the word therefore, read the stuff before it because that lets you know what the therefore is there for. Got it? So, read, so that's what we're doing. We're just gonna pack it. This is part of... Part of being perfect like our Father in heaven is perfect means we are going to tell the truth. The next passage, starting at verse 38. You've heard in the law that it says, the punishment must also match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now, I know some of you are sitting here thinking, oh, good grief. If I do that, I'm gonna run totally out of money because everybody in America walks around with their hand out. So if I gave to everybody that asked for me, I'd have nothing, right? We live in a different culture kind of than what Jesus was living in. In fact, this idiom, even where he says here, um, I would say to you, don't resist an evil person. I can see some of you going, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The word here, resist, uh, in Hebrew is a little bit different. So the way we end up getting our Bible, Jesus spoke to this crowd and most likely Hebrew or Aramaic. And then it's translated into Greek. And then from Greek, it's translated into English. So we get a little bit further away. So I was reading some Jewish scholars this week and they began to say, this idiom, don't resist an evil person, uh, we actually find in the book of Psalms, verses 31, uh, 37.1 and 37.8. Uh, we also find it in the book of Proverbs. And uh, what it's translated, really in the New English Bible, it translates this way. Do not strive to outdo the evildoers or emulate those who do wrong. Someone's doing evil, when it, it's not really don't resist them, it's like don't emulate them. Don't do what they're doing. If they do something to you, don't do it back. They're gonna be a jerk to me, I'm gonna be a jerk back. They're gonna be nice to me, I'll be nice back. Don't emulate them. You're to emulate God, right? For like the grass, they will soon wither and fade away like the green of spring. Be angry no more and have done with wrath. Strive not to outdo in evil doing, right? They're gonna be bad, I can be worse. Well, there's something to strive for, right? You're gonna be a jerk to me, I can be a bigger jerk. There you go, right? Doesn't make any sense at all. What Jesus is saying to us is, You've heard it said, pay back evil for evil. I'm telling you, don't do that. We've already heard in the last couple of weeks through the messages, vengeance is the Lord's. While we are created in God's image, there are some things that God has still reserved for himself and said, final judgment, final vengeance, all those things are mine. That's not for you all to do. You all though are to live out my image on earth. You're to reflect me. And so here's some other things. Don't just not lie. I want you to look at, when people bring evil against you, don't repay evil for evil. In fact, we see this in the life of Christ. He's taken before the Romans, they accuse him, they slap him, they mock him, they put a crown of thorns on his head. He had the power with one word 
to just make them disappear. When they show up to get him in the garden of Gethsemane, they say, are you Jesus? We're looking, you know, he says, who are you looking for? We're looking for Jesus. Are you Jesus? He says, I am. That's all he says. I am. Some of your versions will say, I am he. Um, once again, we've got struggles going from Hebrew to Greek to English. Basically, just says, I am. It's the name of God, right? He says, I am. With that word, just saying, I am, they fell over. The guy had power that we know nothing of. He could have wiped them out. Why didn't he? Philippians tells us, have this same mind. Some of your versions will say, have this same attitude in you that was in Christ Jesus, who although he was in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be exploited, but he emptied himself of all that and became a servant and was obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That's what God looks like. So Jesus looks at us and says, if people are gonna be evil to you, don't be evil back. People make you, force you to carry their stuff a mile, carry it extra. Show them you're not doing it because they made you do it. Show them that you're doing it out of love to show them a reflection of who God is, that he loves them, that he cares for them. That might look a little different too. I'm, I'm kind of getting too far on it. This lying thing was tough enough. This is, this is another step further in it. But what is the purpose? Why are we doing this? I want you to repeat it with me again. I am made in the image of God. Say that with me. Can you believe that? The God that created the whole entire world chose you to look like him. Say that again. I am made in the image of God. That should get you excited. <laughs> Some of you are going, yeah, but if I'm, if I'm gonna look like him, that means I gotta stop lying. It means I gotta, I gotta be nice to my enemies. I can't be as vengeful as I have been. I've gotta be loving and merciful and kind. I've gotta have those attitudes in me. I wanna be like God, but I want the vengeance side of God, <laughs> right? Give me some of that. I want some of that. He goes, no, 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 here's, here's how I want you to listen. Let's go to the next, the next section. You've heard it said that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true, true children of your father in heaven. Now, how many of you, when you read this part that says, pray for those who persecute you? How many of y'all are, are like me? I'll be honest, this is how I've prayed before. I read, pray for those who persecute you. So I went to time to pray, it's like, oh God, you know, I pray that you would be with, you know, these people that are doing this, kill them, right? That's, that's a good prayer, you know? And so if not that, you know, it can't be that rude. That's, that's not really the heart of God. There was a late night talk show host back when I was a little kid. His name was Johnny Carson. And um, somebody made a smart aleck comment to him. And he said, may the fleas of a thousand camels infest your armpits. I mean, that's how I pray for these people, right? Just not kill them. Just be just ruthlessly mean to them, God, please. And, and so that's not praying. Realize that's not praying for them. That's praying against them. What God says is pray for them. Pray for them. Our Lord 
on the cross, after these people spit on him, struck him, put a crown of thorns on his head, he's hanging on a cross dying, and he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He was so filled with love for those people that were created in God's image. Even the ones who were killing him were created in God's image, but they weren't living out that image. Can you say, I'm created in God's image? Why are y'all getting quieter instead of louder? <laughs> like, oh, I'm created. <laughs> Sounds like a burden that we're carrying. Oh, great. Now I'm created in God's image. Now I'm going to live this out. When you live this out and pray for those who persecute you, it says, in that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends his rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you only love those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. It, it was sunny the other day. Uh, beautiful. It was like 65 degrees. And um, I wa remember walking outside the leaves uh, were, were just changing color. There was all pretty shades of yellow and red and orange and still some green and a little bit of brown starting to peak. It was just beautiful. It was beautiful. It was a gorgeous sunny day. And I walked outside of the house here on the, on the church property and looking around and I was looking, going, this is beautiful. God, thank you for letting me live in a day like this. And I'm glad that all of my enemies, that it's really gloomy and rainy and horrible where they are. It's not, is it? They walked out to the same sunny, beautiful day. And then Friday night, a thunderstorm came. It was horrible. It was terrible. I left my circular saw outside because I thought, I was like, oh, I got to run, grab that, right? It's nasty. I'm going, God, why has it got to rain? And guess what? My enemies, guess what happened to them that night? It rained. <laughs> it rained on them too. What Jesus is trying to say is, as we live in this world, sometimes we like to think, God, make good things happen to me. And those people who aren't created in your image, may it be horrible for them. The problem is they're created in his image too. They may not be living it out. They may have distorted his image a bit. But if, if you'll recall, if we look back earlier, what Jesus told us to live, how he told us to live, being honest and truthful all the time, not wanting to get vengeance. Most of us are squirming because we're going, well, I don't really live that way all the time. So are you evil? Are you as bad as those enemies you hate? What is it that God is calling you to live like? What is it he wants you to look like? He wants you to look like him. Why? Because you were created in the image of God. You see, you and I have opportunity, just like this shovel has every opportunity to dig like it was supposed to, you and I have every opportunity day in and day out to reflect who God is. That's why you were created. That's why he made you. Now, sometimes we feel like it's a burden, just like digging, right? <laughs> Go to dig. It's not fun. Isn't it bad news that a shovel and what it was created for is work? 
I like to avoid work. Work's tiring, right? But when you achieve your end and your purpose, there is an excitement that comes along in life. There's a, there's a thing where we begin to understand why we were made. You and I, as we begin to live out the image of God, realize of all the creatures on the earth, you and I are created in his image. You were not created to be a donkey. Although sometimes some of you act like it. You were not created like a horse. Although sometimes we act like a certain end of the horse. We were created, we were created in the image of God. So think about this with me for just a second. The God who in his love said, let's make man in our likeness and our image created you, created me. To look like him, to reflect him so that all of creation, when they see us, Jesus said, live your life in such a way that those around you will see your good works and they'll glorify God. They'll begin to say, that's, that's what life looks like. That's what God looks like. I want some of that. I want to be like that. That's what God is desiring of you and me. When I walk outside these doors and I come in contact with my enemies, what if I began to think of them as people who were created in the image of God? I don't care what political party you're a part of. It seems like whoever, whichever one we're a part of, that is the godly one, right? And the other one, they're the spawns of Satan. We're created in the image of God. They're created in the image of the devil. Scripture tells us all of us are created in the image of God. You hear me? Republicans are created in the image of God. Democrats are created in the image of God. Do you realize that regardless of your skin color, regardless if you're male or female, you are created in the image of God. Now, some of us distort that image. Some of us do things to ourselves. Some of us live certain ways that distort the image of God, but God has come to his people and said to us, imagine if God did this, imagine this. Imagine if God said, not only am I gonna create you in my likeness and in my image, but I'm gonna tell you what I look like so that you can understand and you can live that way. That would be nice, thank you. And what if he began to tell us and we began to look and we did what we did this morning and said, I can't live that way. Not all the time. So what if God said, okay, I know you can't do that, so here's what I'm gonna do. You know the, the spirit that filled Christ Jesus that enabled him to live the way that he lived? What if, what if I took that same spirit and I placed him inside of you so that you could look like me wherever you go to school, wherever you go to work? I'll talk to you young men for a second. So that when you're out on a date, you realize that that young lady that you're with, or if you're older dating, that, that woman that you're with, that she is created in the image of God. Would that change how you act? When you go to work, that person that's a jerk, that they're created in the image of God. And maybe they're acting that way because they don't know better, because they've never seen someone live it out. What if you began to live your life in such a way that when people saw you, they would glorify your Father in heaven. Say this with me real quick. I am created in the image of God. Uh, I'm gonna call an audible. It's football season, um, and I like audibles. 
I've, I don't know, I've rarely done this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose a different song for you, Zach. Please don't kill me. Do what? Where's the singers? Oh, they're there, they're back there. Do rattle. Okay. Here's what I think needs to happen. Folks, we're his people. We're supposed to be ending on this very sweet, nice song about the heart of God. It's, it's a good song. About having God's heart, that's what we need, that's what we want. But here's what I think sometimes as we gather here, is we're like a bunch of dead, dry bones. God's created us in his image, and we're not living it out. The only way it can be lived out is to be filled with him so that those dry bones come to life. So I hope I've rattled your cage today. I hope I've rattled your bones a bit today. I hope that when you go out and live in the world, you look a bit different. So let's stand up today. Let's thank God that he's created us in his likeness and his image. Say this with me out loud. I'm created in the image of God. The God of the universe loves me. The God of the universe wants to fill me. The God of the universe wants to bring me from death to life. And God wants a world that was created in his image to see him in me. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at the naz.church.